podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at penfed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Merry Christmas, listeners. How are you doing? It's JD here with a special Christmas pod for you today on Christmas Day. Hope you're having a wonderful day and have received plenty of palace-related Christmas gifts in your stocking. I actually didn't get any this year for the first time in years, uh, but last year I did get a Crystal Palace Santa hat, uh, which I'm wearing right now. So what we thought we'd do is put together all the best bits from our exclusive Julian Speroni interview that we did for issue 50 of FYP, which sold out in record time on the day. If you didn't manage to get a copy on the day, you can still buy a downloadable version for your iPad or your Kindle or whatever for just £2. Go to fypfanzine.uk forward slash fyp hyphen shop. Nice easy URL to remember there. That was our biggest ever issue, 64 pages, and most of the fanzine was dedicated to our Speroni interview. But even then, there was loads we left out, and we've packed it into this pod now as a special Christmas gift for you all. You may have already read a lot of it in issue 50. You may have seen some of it on FYP TV. We did a little bit on video, uh, and I did drop a little bit of the audio into a previous pod a few weeks ago, although I can't remember which pod that was. But I'm putting everything else now into this Christmas pod here. A special thanks to Julian and his family for welcoming us into his home and for chatting so candidly and openly about his time at Palace. And also a special thanks to a friend of FYP, Adam Sells, for setting up and facilitating the interview. So let's crack on with it. This is Julian talking to FYP exclusively as part of our Issue 50 celebrations. And we kick off with him talking about that game at Hillsborough in 2010. Is it is it more difficult to psych yourself up for games like that? It's well, yeah. It's uh, you need to yeah you need to leave your emotions aside because if you let your emotions uh, if let them come into play, then you, you can yeah you cannot perform the way you should. So you need to be quite strong mentally to being able to do that. Uh, in the end, we did it, uh, but but it was nerve wracking. Yeah. You've, I mean, you've, obviously you've been at Palace a long time, but there's been so many big games that you've played in. You know, that game, the playoff final, you've pretty much seen everything. Yeah, yeah I have really. When I, when, I, when I came to the club, we were in the Premier League, then we went down. Then it took us a long time to give up. But in the meantime, we were, you know, we had relegation battles, um, we have administration, playoff final, uh, Premier League again, uh, everything really. Uh, a lot of up and downs and it was a roller coaster really but it was a nice ride <laughs> very nice ride it's the same for us fans everyone says it's 
supporting Palace is like is like a roller coaster. Yeah. That does make it more special for a fan, I think. Like obviously emotionally it's draining. Yeah. I guess it is for players as well. You know, if if your Palace is never at a level, is it? It's never normal. Mm. Is that harder for players as well when you're constantly up or down? You want to have a an easy season, yeah, of course. You want to have a season where you know you win in regularly and you trying to get into I don't know maybe realistically for us maybe Europa League or something you know like yeah. that kind of target you know realistic target. Um, yeah, that's what you want, but <laughs> no, always happens that way. So more often than not, we're not in that situation, and we need to to make sure we we do we do our jobs. You know, and, uh, I wouldn't say. I mean, it becomes harder, obviously. Uh, less probably less enjoyable, um, but as a professional, you had to be able to deal with both scenarios. I think. Do you still enjoy playing? Oh, every minute. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be there. The day I don't enjoy playing anymore, I I'll go home. You know, I don't. I I keep myself fit. I uh, I, I go for training every day, and I'm quite I'm, I'm quite tough on myself. I always compare myself with the other lads, and um, and I need to be. I, I I make sure that I'm. You know, I'll be able to, to compete at the best level. If one day I come for training and I feel that uh, other you know players are quicker or stronger, and, and then I'm falling behind, then that day I say, "Listen, that's it. I call it a day because uh, that's not the way I am." You know, and um, yeah, people ask me how long you're gonna play. I say, "Well, I don't know. I don't know because at the moment I feel great. So if I feel great for next season, I'll carry on. If I've get to a point where I don't feel good anymore and, and after all I've done for this club all this time I've been here I'd be a fool really if I if I know I can't do it anymore and I step on that pitch and make a fool of myself you know I, I would never do that would never ever do that so if I if I'm here if I can compete if I can if I know I can do a good job for the club then yeah I'll do it but the day I feel that I'm not capable anymore, I'll be the first one to say I'm going. Even if they offer me a new contract, I will say, sorry, I'm, it's time for me to go. And what after that? Have you ever thought about what happens then? I'd love to be involved with the club, but uh, you know, anything really. I, eventually, I would love to do some coaching. Of course, I love that. Um, Have you taken any badges or anything? Like uh, I, I was going to do it last summer um, for... X reasons I, I couldn't do it. I was going to do it this coming summer. Look, uh, we have something called the fast track, and I was going to sign up for that. But now we ha I have a baby on the way, so <laughs> so I'm not sure if I'll be able to. You know, but uh, but uh, I, uh, yeah, eventually I'll do it. But I still feel very much as a player, really. So I'm, yeah. I'm uh, you know, it's not a rush. And also, I think you can you can actually do stuff while you doing the budgets anyway. Yeah, so yeah. so it's not uh, it's no rush for me. Does it feel like it. a job? Sorry. Does it feel like a job? Like a job? Yeah. Sometimes it does. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, sometimes it does. Because you do this every single day. And I guess, you know, if, when you do things, you know, often, regularly, sometimes, yeah, you feel that way. It's the best job in the world. But it's still a job. We pay for that. Yeah. So it's still, still a job. And it has some good things and it has some bad things that you have to deal with. Um, but, uh, but again, it's the best job in the world. And, and I enjoy every minute of it. Did you know that you're the longest serving current Premier League player? No, I didn't know that. Really? How does that feel? Because that's, that's quite an incredible title. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, it made me feel old. <laughs> <laughs> 
But you don't, I mean, no, it's no. not really a thing anymore because behind you and Noble, the next player I think was Dini, who was like 2009 or something, or Harry Kane, 2010 at Spurs. Mm. You just don't really get it anymore, yeah. you know. No, it's um, no, it's not common now to play stay in one club for long, long periods of time. Uh, don't ask me the reason, really. I guess as well when you feel when you're at a club and you feel kind of comfortable and stuff, and you're settled in the country and stuff. It's to move is a big is a big thing, isn't it, on everyone? The only reason for me to move at some point would have been money, and maybe go for better money. But I thought, well, what's the point? I'm happy here. I'm playing every game. You know, I have a decent contract. I, my family's happy, so I didn't see any reason really why to why to go. When you are, you know, my relationship with everybody at the club, with the fans and everything. I, well, so why would I change all that? Yeah. Um, so uh, yeah, and then yeah, things just happened. I didn't plan to be here 14 years, 14 seasons, but uh, it just happened yeah. because I was comfortable. I was yeah in the beginning when I was going through a tough time when you know I wasn't playing, and at some point I was number three. And um, and uh, I remember when Peter Taylor was the manager. Uh, he had Gabor. He signed uh, Scott Flinders at the time, and I became number three. But he didn't even watch me train when he took over. So I said to him, he said to me, "Oh, if you want to go, you know, help you out. Maybe we can go on loan somewhere, and then with a view to move permanently in the future." I said, "Well, uh, Gaffa, with all respect, I mean, you haven't even seen me train yet. So if you give me the chance, then I want to show you what I can do." And he said. Listen, I know what kind of profession you are. Other people told me how you train, how you are around the place. So if you want to stay, I'm happy with that. You can come, you can stay and train with us. And that's what I did. And eventually, I was his, his number one by the end. So, uh, so that yeah, show you how things can change in football, you know. And, um, but it was great. He was really because he was really honest with me. You know, he said to me, "This is the situation," and then I had the decision. So. So you have this situation like that, you can say, okay, I go. And then the other is the one that we just spoke about, you know, maybe going for you know, better, if you can say better, because you never know it's going to be better. Yeah. You might get injured when you get to the next club, and then what happens then? Yeah. So yeah. You, you never know. So, um, yeah, so that was, uh, yeah. But it, it, again, yeah, it's true, it's not common that uh, yeah, players stay such a long time. Was it hard during the times when you weren't playing? How do you psychologically prepare each week knowing that you're probably not going to play? It's tough, really tough. Um, but there's only I've seen so many players when they got they complain and complain and complain that they're not playing and they upset and but then when they have the chance they can take it because they're not ready for it because they haven't trained properly they haven't done the right things they're always in the mood. So I thought, okay, football changes and the chance eventually will come. For one reason or the other, the chance will come. I need to make sure that I'll be able to take that chance. And and I have people like uh, well, Dougie, Dougie Freeman. He he's, you know he can be a witness of you know the things I I used to do in training and how long I stay behind. And even with him doing shooting sessions with him when he was practicing his finishing and stuff, and I stay with him and uh, you know he knows me really really well. And um, but I knew that the opportunity would come, and I knew I had to be ready. And that's, that was my, uh, my focus. Um, and eventually, when you know, Peter Taylor gave me the opportunity to play again, then I'll, you know, I, I, did to, I did take it. Do you think some footballers don't have that patience, maybe, if things aren't going right? Yeah. yeah. They lose their patience really quick. Really quick. Too quick. 
Because you, you know, footballers, we have to understand that it's a, it's not about eleven players. It's about squad of players. I know, you know, there's going to be a time where you're not going to play because there's someone else, you know, doing even a better job, or, or I don't know, or, or for other reasons they, they're playing and you're not. And but what, what can you do? I mean, it's the manager that's going to make a decision. There's a person in charge, and you have to respect what the person says. If you have a problem, then you go and talk to the manager, and then try to work things out. But once you step on that pitch, uh, on a training session, you just leave all that aside. You just need to make sure that you do all you can on the pitch, on the gym, do all the recovery stuff, everything, because you never know. You may have the opportunity this coming weekend. And if you're not ready, you're gonna waste it, and you're not gonna. You, and all your complaining, and all your, you know, mourning about it, is is gonna go through the window because you know you just had the opportunity and you didn't you, you didn't take it. Well, you had that with the Chelsea game this season, didn't you? Wayne gets injured, and then you're back. Yeah, in. yeah, yeah. And I need uh, again, you know, after not playing for a while, you know, I again I, I knew that at some point I'd be needed to do a job, and I had to be ready. Uh, and uh, yeah, that's, but that's the way I am. That's the way I train every single day. You know, I don't, you know, it doesn't matter, you know, if I'm playing, if I'm not playing. I just go there and do, I do what I had to do. That, that Chelsea game, when your name was announced on the tannoy, the atmosphere, I don't, can you hear that when the name, are you, are you guys in the changing room at that point? Can you hear the names get read up? Could you hear the reaction from the fans? I'm not sure when they announced first, for the first time. They I'm do not, it like an hour before kickoff, don't they? I think because normally I come out for a warm up about that time. About probably an hour, fifty minutes before kickoff. Uh, so I can't remember. I remember then naming the team yeah, when I was doing the warm up just before we finished. But I can't remember if they announced it before. I think they do it like about ten minutes before kickoff, maybe. Uh, when there's more people yeah. in the stadium. But okay. it, it lifted the atmosphere. It was massive, and people started chanting your name. Oh, really? And that was just from having you back on the team sheet. Like that lifted mm. the crowd. And then I felt that game, Palace. The players came out, and because the atmosphere was so good, and Wilf was back as well. Wilf was back as well, yeah, yeah. We, we started so quickly, you know what I mean? It's funny, just from having two favourites back in the team. Yeah. Can it be that smaller margin sometimes? Yeah, I mean, the Premier League, the, the teams, are, you know, the, there's very little between some of the teams. Very, very little. Yeah, you can talk about Man City and, you know, all the big boys, but, but the rest of the teams, it's very little margins. Very, very little margins. So, yeah, again... Uh, I remember uh, a few years ago, and uh, and I was talking ca casually. I was talking with Dougie about this. Uh, if we if we can improve uh, each player, we can improve one percent or two percent. That makes a huge improvement through the squad, through you know a huge huge improvement. So that's how little the margin are. During those times when you weren't playing and you were trying to prepare to get back in the team, did they ever get to a point where you think, I have to, I have to go, I maybe have to go look somewhere else? Um, it did cross my head, it did. It did. Um, but again, when you know you're capable of doing something, I, I just, I knew I had to, you know, have... Uh, Another run in the team. I knew I was at some point I was going to have another run in the team. Uh, don't ask me why, <laughs> but uh, 
but I, I, that's, that's, that was my target, to have another run in the team. Uh, what's going to happen next, I, I don't know. I don't know. How long I'm going to play for, I don't know. <laughs> but, but I wanted to have another run in the team. Uh, but it does, yeah, of course, when you're not playing and that's what you want to do, it, you know, things cross your, your mind, you know. And, uh, but, uh, you know, I said to, when I said to Steve Parrish, you know, when we uh, talked, you know, some time ago that, uh, uh, that I wanted to finish my career playing for this club. You know, I don't know if it's going to be possible because, you know, we, we're growing and growing and growing and I don't know how long I'll, I'll be able to stay here, but my, my dream was to finish my career playing for Palace. Um, and that didn't change because at some point, as a goalkeeper, I don't think I'm going to lose my fitness too much. Um, but there's going to be a time where, you know, you, you can't really recover from game to game. And that's what I think goalkeepers notice, you know, they're getting older. When, because we have so many games, sometimes, sometimes you're playing three, three games a week. And there's going to be a point where I probably won't be able to play three games a week. And as a number one, you need that consistency. You need to be playing regularly. You get that fine tuning, I call it, fine tuning. You know that you need as a goalkeeper. And uh, so that when that time comes, then you know I'll be. If I had to take another role within the squad, then I'll, I'll be happy to. Um, but I don't think the time is now. You know, I'm very much. You know, I would like to play every single game if I can. Um, so that's that's my my target. But. Um, but yeah, but you can't really manage, you can't really, yeah, you know, know or guess what's going to happen in in football. I would say next week or even less. Yeah, tomorrow. Time. I'm going for training tomorrow. Will I get injured tomorrow in training? Who knows? You know, and maybe not playing again. Uh, and I'm not saying just for Palace. I say not playing again ever. So, so who knows? So you can't really plan ahead too much. What I, what you can do is every time you have the opportunity, just do your best. You know, train properly. Do the, pro do the right things and then make sure you're ready for when the chance comes, then you, you'll be able to perform in a, in a proper manner. Especially at the moment because the managerial changes are so quick. You could have a new manager next week and he might see you in a different way to the previous manager. He might see the team in a different yeah. way. Yeah, you is, know, that no. is that difficult? It, well, it is, yeah. When you, you know, ideally, you want consistency. You want to have a, a good plan and everything, you know, settle and stuff. But sometimes it's not possible. You know, this craziness of the Premier League, you know, it doesn't allow that sometimes. And, you know, not just us, but other clubs are going through the same thing. So, you know, exactly the same thing that we went through before, you know, with managerial cha changes and, uh, and the players have to adapt. You don't know who's coming. You don't know if he's going to like you or not. And as a professional, well, what can you do? You have to carry on. Is is it is it true? Is there such thing as the the new manager bounce? You heard of that? You know, the new manager bounce. Like oh. yeah, they, it's a thing in the press. They say, but when a team gets a new manager, mm. they, you know, you get a new reaction from the players and stuff, and mm. you get reinvigorated. Is that actually true? I don't. I don't think so. No. No. Uh, obviously, it creates a bit of a, a different atmosphere within the the change room within the club because it's a new manager and all the players want to impress the new manager because they want to make sure that they have the, the chance to play. Yeah. That's that's normal. But um, but you have you know so many different scenarios where I mean with, when Sam took over, you know, it took us how long to win our first game. So so and and I can see the, the changes because we were working really really hard and he was working on every single point you know that what he wanted. The team to do, but sometimes it takes you know it takes time, 
Um, um, other clubs is the same. You know, sometimes the change is instant and it just click from the beginning. But some other times it doesn't happen that way. It takes it's a, it's a process. You know, uh, so no, I don't think there's such a thing. No. Is 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 Roy different to other managers? Is he different to managers you played with before? What was he like? Well, they all different. Yeah, there's no. I don't think I had. I ever had two managers the same. You know, they all they all different. They like different. Tactics. They like different ways to manage people. They like different ways to uh, play the game. So yeah, of course he's different. But, I've heard uh, he's quite sort of old school on the on the training ground. Sort of likes hard work. Yeah, but what's old school and what's new school? I mean, I mean, it's football is football. I, you know, I, I mentioned before. You know, we players sometimes managers as well. We complicate the game. Football is football. It's been for the last. How long? 200 years. And it's been the same. It's been exactly the same. Yeah. The, the goal is saying, yeah, okay, the pitch is better now, the football is a bit. Probably, well, people would say it's better the football, but I actually think it's worse because it moves a lot more and it's so slippery, which, uh, yeah, I probably wish to play with the old, you know, leather. Yeah, with the laces. <laughs> you know, with the laces. Yeah. That would be, you know, really, really good. Yeah. You know, probably more <laughs> straighter, yeah. Uh, no, but uh, I mean, seriously, it's, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, what what is old school? I mean, I don't know. Just like I, you know, I heard that he likes a lot of hard work. You know, a lot of running and stuff on the training ground. Yeah, but go and ask Pep Guardiola if they don't work hard, or go ask Pochettino how hard they work. Yeah, uh, I know for fact how they work, and that's not old-fashioned. That is how it should be. You know, that's uh, you know, working really hard every single day. There's no other way. And because if you're not working hard, the opposition will, and then you, you know, you fall behind. Do you, so do you have a role you were just talking about you mentioned a role in the squad do you have a personal role in the squad like as an older player do players come younger players come to you or do you feel like a fatherly figure I don't know do you have a certain role of course yeah, you have, I think you have a responsibility as, a, as an older as a senior player you have a responsibility to, to make sure that uh, you know well the young players they're quite shy so they sometimes they, I don't know if it's I don't know if they get intimidated or what. I don't know what the war is, uh, but they are quite shy and sometimes. Well, with you, you're not intimidated. With, no, no, no. I, mean, well, I think I'm not, but you know, I don't know. Some, I, I think I would think shy more than you know intimidated. <laughs> uh, and but you know, you need to make sure that they, the young players, they understand what it means to play for Crystal Palace, you know, and what it means uh, to be a professional footballer uh, on and off the pitch. And, and yeah, we have a as a senior players, we have a responsibility in that. You know, we we need to make sure that we we speak when it's when it's necessary, and uh, in in the right manner, of course. Um, but yeah, make sure that the you know, things within our you know power, we can you know if we can help in any way, we you know we need to make sure we do. Have managers in the past ever come to you and said, "Help me talk to the younger players," or "Help me talk to the team," or, or ask for your opinion on stuff? Oh, yeah, yeah, all the time. Yeah, yeah. Managers tend to do that, yeah, with the senior players. Yeah, they always ask for their opinions. And uh, we have meetings where, you know, we're all in, in a room and we, we all exchange opinions about different things. Um, so, yeah, it's quite common, really. Yeah. So, what does it mean to play Crystal Palace? It means for me, it's been my life. You know, it's been everything for me. Uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a family. You know, it's, uh, I go to a club every weekend or every other weekend we play at home and uh, I see those faces that I've been seeing for the last 14 years or so and, uh, and it's, it's, a, it's a small family, you know, it's, uh, we, we know each other and we, you know, we know how we feel and we all you know, care for this club and it's not like, uh, as we mentioned before, you know, that you know, players stay 
maybe for six months in a club and they left and they haven't really grasped what, what, what is the club like. But after 14 years, I think I have a good, a good idea of uh, what this club is like, and uh, and I just, I just love it. You know, it's, I'm, I said before, you know, people, you know, probably don't believe me, but I'm a Palace fan. You know? yeah. And I said before, and that's the way I feel. That's the way I feel. I feel when I when we lose a game, I come home and I can, you know, my wife can tell you how I am when, I'm, when we lose a game. Yeah. <laughs> so, and uh, it's, it's it's hard to to explain it, but. But it's uh, yeah. I mean, it's been it's been you know my life. I played play all my career here almost, and uh, and yeah, I can you know I have uh, such a good memories. You know, good times, bad times. As you know, we, we mentioned before. But but it's been it's been amazing. Really. Is that harder though if you are a fan? Because I go in the press box sometimes and I have to report on Palace. But because I'm a fan, I can't be objective. You know, because I get too emotionally involved. Yeah. Is that the same as a player? Maybe if you actually care for a club. As much as a fan does, you're evolved. That's why I don't do Twitter, I don't do Instagram, I don't do Facebook. <laughs> because I, I don't think I could deal with all that. Yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah, it could be, it'd be very hard for me. Yeah. Very, very hard, yeah. Um, so away from Palace, are there any other goalkeepers out the, at the moment that you admire that are still playing? Anyone you like? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I always, uh, when I watch, you know, other colleagues, I always analyze things how they do it and uh, you know, different techniques and uh, yeah, positional play. And yeah, I mean, we yeah, we can always, you know, name the obvious. You know, the hair at the moment, I think, is on top of his game. And uh, uh, Noya is another one that is is just it's amazing, really. And um, so yeah, yeah. I always I like to see other goalkeepers analyze what they do and uh, and I'm obviously learn from it. Is there, do you talk to other goalkeepers? Like I'm imagining there's like a WhatsApp group all the goalkeepers in. <laughs> I don't know if there is, but I, I'm not on it. I'm not on it, so no, no, I, no, I don't think so. But, <laughs> but it'd be nice to have one. Yeah, it would be like goalkeepers union, you know. Yeah, yeah I should start one. Like WhatsApp goalkeepers union thing. Who, who was your inspiration then? in growing up, it was. Well, when I was a kid, I uh, my granddad was the one that uh, inflicted that uh, passion from for for football in me. Uh, he he was a massive Boca Junior fan, and he used to live five blocks away from La Bombonera, and uh, he used to take me there. You know, every time Boca Junior played at home, I used to go and watch him. And, uh, and there was a goalkeeper there that uh, played for the first team at the time. Navarro Montoya was his name, and uh, he was my wow. I want to be him, you know, one day. And and then as I was growing up, I started to play football more more not professionally, but you know, young age. Nine, ten, eleven, twelve, etc. And and then we have um, the Italy World Cup, and Sergio Goicochea was the Argentinian goalkeeper at the time, and uh, he saved four penalties in the way to to the final for Argentina, and uh, he was one of my heroes as well. Because I actually saw him training many times when he was at River Plate, and I was in the academy for River Plate. Which is the Archie rival of Boca Juniors, which my granddad, I don't think he ever forgave me for that. Uh, but he was, yeah, he just wanted the best for me. And he, I think, you know, he, I managed to get him to come and watch me play for River Plate, which he was, for him, he was like, you know, death treason, really. Um, <laughs> be like us going to watch Brighton, wouldn't he? Yeah, be something like that, yeah. And so, yeah, but, um, yeah, now he, my granddad was my inspiration, really. But then, obviously, I had those goalkeepers at the time where, I thought oh, I want to be like them, you know. But uh, yeah. How does it feel now to be the other side? Because there'll be Palace 
kids growing up, other Argentinian kids, where, where you'll be the inspiration. <laughs> it's hard to it's hard to feel that way, really. I don't I don't see myself on you know that level, really. Uh, it's really really hard. Yeah. It was funny because it is a story. Look, I I was uh, I pick up the phone and I ran, and I went and I saw his face and I, and I went, no, I can't be. And he was calling me. And wow. I told him, wow. And I couldn't believe it. It was my hero calling me. Like, you know, one time I thought, this can't be happening. Hello? Yeah, yeah, it's Navarro Mondovia. He goes, oh, hi. <laughs> what was that like? It was, it was, it was incredible. I just couldn't believe that he was phoning me, you know, yeah. like, wow. Anyway, for, I wanted the reason why he called me, but, <laughs> uh, but uh, it was just... It was just, uh, yeah, it was, yeah, one of those wow moments, I think, yeah. oof. That's yeah. crazy. I would never, you know when you don't expect something and then you just, it just happens. Right? Yeah. So, yeah, it turned out, yeah, he's a nice, he's a nice guy, actually. Right? That's cool. But you will be, you'll be an inspiration to lots of young Palace fans, and, you know, because of your status at the club. So, do yeah, I mean, uh, you feel like a responsibility there, I guess? I don't know, I just, I do my best, I try to do my best, you know, all the time, and, we young, yeah, we, you know, sometimes we do coaching sessions for young kids and stuff, and, uh, uh, you know, I love that. I love to, you know, being able to, you know, train and maybe give them tips and stuff like that, you know, I love that, but it's hard for me to feel that way, you know, it's hard for me to see, oh, you know, these kids want to be like, like me, you know, when they, when they grow up, you know, it's, 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 it's a, yeah, it's hard to think that way. Um, but, yeah, I know it happens. Yeah. Young Palace fans that they see me playing, Every week, and they, yeah, like I did with this guy, you know, in Argentina, they must feel exactly the same way, you know, when they watch me play, and you know, it's yeah, it's something. It's pretty nice, cool, isn't it? Yeah, it's pretty yeah. cool. Yeah. So I did ask a few on Twitter and stuff for some questions. So I got a few other questions as well. Yeah, yeah. So one guy said, after after 13 years at Palace, which outfield player is the best in goal? Ooh. <laughs> You know what, the doctors nowadays, they are so scared of people getting injured that they don't allow them to play, you know, to do anything related to goalkeeping or anything like that, you know. They just focus on what they have to do. Um, I remember when, uh, when Neil Warner was the manager and uh, in the championship we had five subs at that time and uh, he never put a goalkeeper on the bench. So he used five subs, five outfield players and uh, <laughs> he... Uh, he asked, uh, he was always say, okay, who's, who's the bravest? You know, yeah. <laughs> you never been scared then of getting the boot in the head or you just, you just, you just... No, but, but you are, yeah, of course you had to be scared of getting a boot on the head, but you do it. Because that's what you had to do. You can't just you know, not do it. You, know, you had to do it. Yeah, nobody wants to have a kick on the nose. And, and I have an exposed fracture on my finger once, you know, played Reading. And I caught the ball and the guy won't try to take it off my hands and just kick me as I was moving the ball. It caught me right in the finger and the bone was sticking out. Like that. Well, I thought, I thought I dislocated it. And then I, I tried to put it back in place. And I went like that. I thought, oh, that hurt. <laughs> and then I carry on and, and then I looked down and my glove was just dripping with blood. And I thought, something's not right here. Um, so, ref, ref, stop it, please. And um, yeah, so the doctor came and he, when I tried to take a glove off because the bone was like that, so I was like, oh, wait. <laughs> so I had to pin it. It was horrible, really. Ooh, that horrible. It was horrible, yeah. Yeah, it was horrible. But 
Yeah, so I mean, you're exposed to those things. But if you're scared of those things, yeah, well, yeah, obviously you care about not getting those, but it's part of the game. You know, you, you need to, you know, be able to forget about that. And then In that split second, I guess you're not thinking about it. You're that. not thinking about it. No, you're not thinking about it. No, no, no. You need, I guess you get rid of that at a young age, you know. As a goalkeeper, you grow up and then you, you, get, you get rid of all that, those, um, you know, scary feelings, you know. So there used to be a saying in England that you have to be insane to be a goalkeeper? Yeah, yeah, I think so. <laughs> I think so. That's why I'm trying to convince my son not to be a goalkeeper. <laughs> okay, so someone else has asked, have you ever, you ever attempted to go up for a corner in the last minute, trying to score a goal? I, no, but I'll tell you why I haven't done it. Uh, I would love to, I would love to, but I remember we played Sheffield Wednesday, I can't remember what year it was, uh, in the snow, and we drew 2-0. Was it FA Cup? Was some, I can't remember what it was. Anyway, we were losing 2-1. And, uh, and I got to the halfway line and I saw Matty Lawrence there marking one of their strikers that they left out, left in the halfway line. And I said, Matty, you go. Surely he's a better header on the ball, than, the ball, <laughs> than I am. So, you know, you go. I stay with that man. So I stay on the halfway line with that player, marking him, and he went on the box and scored from the corner. So, and I felt really proud of that, you know. So, um... Yeah, I mean, no, I think that's a better option probably than us going. Just send all the players there and you stay on the halfway line. I think it's, a, it's a probably better, a better option. I understand that as a goalkeeper you create a bit of a chaos in the balls, a bit of confusion. Yeah, no, but I would love to. And if an opportunity comes up, yeah, I would do I don't know, I haven't spoken to the manager about it, if he likes it, I don't know. But because some manager goes, no, 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 you stay there, you know, you stay in goal. But Have you ever scored a goal? No, no, I never scored a goal, no, no. Never had that feeling? Never had that feeling, no. <laughs> So um, I'm really I'm interested with um, sort of the way managers talk to players in terms of instructions because I guess even at the top level you're told like really specifically what to do, and if on the pitch you make a mistake or something happens, are you always thinking in any situation I've been told to do this thing I'm going to do it regardless of what happens? Well, you had obviously you had to follow the manager's instructions, of course. You know, that's what. Why, why is the manager? You know, he's there to give the, those instructions, of course. Um, uh, but then you need to be able as well to use your own understanding of the game, you know, because the manager can cross that white line, you know, and so there is situations on the pitch that you can, you have to make the decisions. And even though you have an instruction, then if you think that's not on, then you you shouldn't do it. Um, so yeah, I mean, I I had managers that. Everything was really, you know, this is the way, there's no other way. And I had other managers that give you a little bit more freedom to, to express yourself, um, especially with the, you know, from the middle up, you know, the pitch. You know, as, you know defenders and uh, goalkeepers, obviously, is the less you risk, yeah. the better. Yeah, most of the managers. What do you prefer? Uh, what I prefer? Yeah. I, I grew up playing football, you know. I grew up in Argentina, we never kicked the ball. So we, you know, we play play all the time. The kids, it wasn't focused. Yeah, we wanted to win in the academies there. You know, we all want to win. That's, that's something that you have in, in you, it's in your nature, you want to win. But there is a time where that shouldn't be the most important thing, in my opinion. We, we should, you should let the kids express themselves, you know, make mistakes, you know, because that's the way you learn, especially at a young age, you know. I'm not talking about first in football now, I'm talking about you know, young young players. Um, so that's the way I grew up. You know, playing playing football. But then 
when I came to this country, then <laughs> all that disappeared completely because I tried it once, it didn't go right, and then it cost me my place, you know what I mean? So, um, so yeah, after that I didn't try it ever again. So, um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's a different way of you know, seeing the game. Um, that's how we grew up. I, I love that, I love playing, you know, but uh, I understand that you can't do it all the time, you know, if, you know, we have to be realistic with no Man City, we, we can't do it all the time. And um, so you need to pick the, pick the moments to do it. Um, is it easier the older you get that when moments like that happen it doesn't go quite right, it's easier to kind of get over it? Like, I'd imagine that first mistake when you were younger, that probably was harder to get over than later in your career. Yeah, it was, obviously. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, you learn from those things, you know, you learn from those things. I think like, that situation actually made me stronger in, in, in the future after that. Um, yeah, you learn from all that, yeah. But, uh, I mean, mistakes are part of the game. Mistakes are, uh, if, if nobody make a mistake, every game would be nil nil probably. Yeah. And decisions, it's all about decisions. And, uh, you know, you, you can make a decision and then, you know, if, if it ends, you know, if the end result is good, then it was the right decision. But then if you end up conceding a goal or something, then it was the wrong decision. But there's fine margins again. Well, you've played with so many players at Palace, right? Yeah. Any idea how many? That should have been an I should have been. I just thought that. Yeah, should have been. And you could have got me there because I know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Someone measured it a few years ago and they put it on, on an, uh, it was like a picture of my face, but it was made with all names, all the names of the players I play with. But obviously that one, you know, now I play with more even. So, so yes. Well, the funny thing is there were some names on that uh, picture that I thought, who was it? <laughs> I, I, honestly, I thought, I can't remember this name. You know, I can't remember it, so it was weird. Yeah. I've got a question from a guy who says, what, what stand should we rename the Julian Sperani stand? <laughs> no, I got my bar there, so I'm, I'm, I'm happy with my bar there. Yeah, it's okay, it's fine. No, I, no, I think there's so many other names that, uh, you know, hide on the, on the picking order, I think. Someone else has put, would, would you, can you ask for the number one shirt to be retired when you retire? No one else is worthy enough to wear it. Uh, it's amazing. I mean, it's amazing. The reaction I get from the fans, you know, every not not just on you know match days, you know, every time I see the fans on the street, I'm taking my kids to school and and I see someone. I go to the supermarket and well, what are you doing in the supermarket? Well, I had to eat. You know, I, I, I need to buy food. You know, I do that. <laughs> so uh, yeah, um, so it's just you know, it's incredible. It's incredible. The, the fans, you know, it's just. Uh, I don't think I can ever leave it. <laughs> but is that, is that, does that give you more pressure then, the fact that the fans love you so much? Is that a help or a hindrance? No, I, don't, no, I wouldn't say pressure. No, no, no. no. I think the opposite. You know, it's, uh, it's, it's, yeah, it's, just, it's just a great feeling. You know, it's just something that you think, yeah, okay. But because I know what I do, I know I'm not going to let them now because... They know, I can, you know, we all make mistakes. I, I can make, and I will probably make a mistake, you know. Uh, that's imp it's impossible not to, you know, when you play at this level, yeah. you know, because the other, the opposition will pressure you to make that mistake. So it's natural that you will, you know, try to reduce the mistakes to the minimum. That's what we need to do. But, but I'm not scared of, you know, that because they know what I do when I step on that pitch. You know, I give them everything I have. 
So that's what they want. They don't expect people to be perfect. The fans don't want perfection. They want people committed, people that is going to give everything for the club, and, and, and they're going to try everything, you know, to make you know those those uh, those Saturdays afternoons a great day off for the fans. And and that's what they expect. I don't. I mean, you guys are fans. You you, you know. Would you judge people? Yeah. Okay. You don't want players to make mistakes, but mistake happens. But you want what you expect from a player that if someone lost the ball, okay, you run back and you know try to get it back. Yeah. That's what you want. And so that's I know I do that, and and that's why I'm not. Um, I don't feel pressure of letting the fans down because that's uh, because of all these years. That's what I learned. I learned that that's what the fans expect. Um, so yeah, mistakes. You know that can happen. That can happen, and you accept it and you move on. Um, but uh, but yeah, that's that's the way I feel. I think the fans like honesty as well. You're saying there about holding your hands up. They'd rather that than you saying, "Oh well, it wasn't my fault. It was his fault. It was his fault." But you're always gonna find things that you could have done better. You know, always. You know, it's normal. I mean, you, uh, as as we say before, you know, it's decisions in the game. You know, you make decisions. Sometimes you get it right, you get it wrong. With experience, you made you most of the decisions. Normally, you get it right, but you're gonna get it wrong at some at some point. You, you will. Pressure comes with that, really. When you're young, you think, oh, is he okay? Is he experienced enough to do it? And then you have to prove yourself that you can do it. Then, oh, he, can he maintain that? He can, that level of, of uh, consistency, you know, through a few years. Then when you've done that, then you start to get older and they say, oh, is he, can he still do it now? He's getting older. And that's the pressure that I feel that like I had to prove that I, I can still do it, you know, when I, you know, or, you know year after year. Uh, but not, uh, no, no. In terms of uh, you know, other other stuff. No. But why? But why should you have to keep proving it? I mean, because it's the nature of the game. I mean, you know, especially when you don't play as often, and you get maybe a cup game or the odd game. You know, you, it's that one game that you need to perform because that's the only chance you have, and it's horrible really because because you have to. There's not, if you didn't do well on that game, then you're not going to play for another month or so. But despite your years before, despite what you before. It doesn't matter. Before. Yeah, well, this is a saying that you know, says that you are as good as your last game. Sadly, yeah, but that's the way it is. You have to, you know, you have to. You, that, that's, that's what I, you know, what I, uh, you know, when I play, I, I, you know, that's, that's the, no, not call it pressure, but, you know, I feel that, yeah, people is looking at you thinking, hmm, Okay, let's see what he can do now. Yeah, but do you not feel you have proven yourself? You've been here so long and you've been so good for so long. Do you not feel like, well, actually, guys, I've well, proven myself? Okay, but I've, yeah, but I've done it in the past. But can I still do it? That's the question. Yeah. Can I still you know, you, perform at the highest level? You believe that? I'm 100% convinced that I can do it. Yeah, I wouldn't be here if I know. I'll be the first one to walk away when I feel that I'm not capable of performing as Crystal Palace Football Club deserves. I'll be the first one to go. Do you think having those couple of breaks that you had out of the team have kept you fresher for longer? I don't think so because I think you get more knocks and more injuries through training than from games, actually. Because in the game you might have to die twice. And that's it. In training, we, die, we catch the ball probably 200 or plus times. We die probably, I don't know, 20, 30, 50 times sometimes. Play, you know, little games. We do shooting sessions. We do, and then it's when you really batter your body. 
And when you're not playing, you actually do more in training because you are the one that, okay, no, let's, you, know, you have to look after the one that's playing. Yeah. So whoever is not playing, he has to do more. <laughs> so I don't know. If, I, I love playing. I love playing football. You know, if, you know, it's okay. You have to be on top of your game all the time. Yeah. And you have to. And it's, sometimes it's stressful, especially when you don't feel 100% and you have little things. Um, and you think, oh, would I get, you know, to, the, to Saturday, would this not go away? And you, that's that kind of uh, nerves come into play. But, but no, uh, no, I think it's, yeah, I think training wears you out more than, more, more than games. But you've been playing and training for so long that you must know that eventually you'll get your chance or, you know, you'll be able to assess knocks more because you've got so much experience. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, but sometimes you can't really help it. You're gonna hurt something. You know, you're gonna dive one, or you get a knock from someone. You get a kick from someone in training, or, or even in the game. And then, um, yeah, this, it takes sometimes. You know, when you get older, it takes you longer to recover from those things. Uh, that's that's the only thing that you know, I think when you're getting older, and then, okay, if I'm not gonna be able to perform, you know, two games a week. Uh, then you know, had to say, okay, listen, now is the time to take a step back now and be a whatever, a mentor, yeah. you know, help push the other guy, of course, push it all the time, but uh, and, and be someone that the manager can trust on an emergency or something. Yeah, that would be time for that. But yeah, at the moment, I feel great, to be honest. I've been blessed, really, with, uh, with fitness. I've been blessed with, uh, you know, the... You know, injuries. I haven't had any big injuries apart from you know, little things. Uh, well, one of them gave me out of the <laughs> for the last two years. Uh, but yeah, anyway, that was, that's another story. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean th those things. But uh, no, but the rest, are, as I say, you know, I feel, I feel, I feel great. Well, thank, I think I'm done. That's great. That's been brilliant. Thank you so much. Really, really appreciate pleasure, it. Pleasure, pleasure. I hope yeah. you got the answers that you were. Absolutely. Know? Yeah, it's been brilliant. Thank you. Yeah. Very welcome. Right, there you go. That was Julius Baroni as part of his exclusive interview with FYP for our Issue 50 celebrations, talking about all things Crystal Palace. I just want to say on a personal note, isn't it great to see Jules back in goal? Someone so committed to the club, so much love for this team and all its supporters, and he's back in goal, still doing what he does best as Palace enjoy this little upturn of form and actually uh, Christmas isn't so bad after all uh, despite that start to the season which was pretty terrible anyway so thank you very much for listening to this special pod hope you're having a wonderful Christmas day however you celebrate it and you're enjoying time off from work and enjoyed this Baroni interview there will be one more full pod before the year is out, a sort of end of year special after the Arsenal game, but before the Man City game. But there will be extra post-match pods from Arsenal, from City, from pretty much every game this season, as long as I can physically get to the game. And thank you to everyone who has commented about the extra pods. Seems to be getting a lot of love from people, uh, which is fantastic. Really appreciate it, not just for the pods, but for all the guests we've had. And uh, I'm trying to get as many sort of different faces and guests on the pod and a bit of rotation going. Uh, and everyone so far seems to be enjoying it and saying very nice things. So if you are enjoying the pod, please let us know, uh, the extra pod in particular, because um, we like to hear feedback. But not just that, the, the full pod as well. Any comments and feedback, we do really appreciate it. 
That's it. Enjoy the rest of your Christmas day, guys. And we'll be with you again here at FYP Podcast very soon. Merry Christmas. Time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at penfed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Podcast Network.